Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. It's International AJ Day which I can only guess is followed by International BJ Day. This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Unwanted Kiss Cheeseman. <laughs> and this is Chad. What is this rugby thing? So wash. And I'm leaving. Not stuck in traffic anymore. Funny when I was in. And on this episode, <laughs> Uber warns, Personio grows, and buy or sell. Let's do this. What the? What are you doing in traffic? You're in Europe. You've got all this great, you know, public transportation. Oh, Levin's way above public transportation. Flying cars. I mean, you know, that could. <laughs> I really don't like the public parts. Audi five, whatever. Yeah, he's five, not five. It's an eight. Eight. Yeah, exactly. Eight. He's not uh, on a train. No. No, but no way. There's just too much public on public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> He may or may not have a driver, as far as I know. Like he, <laughs> well, he needs one uh, apparently because he was just stuck in traffic, and I mean that's a bunch of wasted time. Over two hours. My commute is two hours. Jeez. Yeah. Your no. commute is that normal? Two hour. Well, normally it should be one hour and forty. You shouldn't have bought a country house so far away from the city. You should live in some two-bedroom <laughs> apartment with the rest of the with commoners. a garden and a pool and a tree house. <laughs> Who told you? Uh, the helicopter was out of service. Anyway, the topics. helicopter was out of service. <laughs> topics. <laughs> I think we have shout outs. Uh, I have shout outs. Oh. Shout outs. Shout outs. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Right. I, I got to do this one first. Shout out. I get a message over the weekend from Adam Gordon, and and he is doing his damnedest to try to, to, to make me watch rugby. Now, Ireland did defeat South Africa uh, this, this week, so big props to the Irish, but they, they got they got beat by uh, – the Irish did get beat by Ohio State, by the way, in college football. Um, but at the end of the day, you just cannot compare – and people try to all the time – rugby with NFL football, right? It, never the two shall come together, shall cross. So, Adam, I appreciate you love your rugby – but I'm going to stick with my American football. Yeah, rugby. <laughs> As someone who's living in a country which isn't interested in rugby, nor in American football, rugby is without the helmet and uh, the medieval protection. Medieval and American protection. football is like... Yes. Yeah. The battle axe the armor. and the across the strongbows. So basically... Mason Morningstar. Yeah. I do respect so basically, that rugby players aren't all dead. Like there's there's a gentleman's agreement that they don't kill each other, and there's like an inside rule thing of like if you hurt somebody, like you're gonna be. It's kind of like the baseball. You know, you hit us, we're gonna hit you back twice as hard. So I do respect <laughs> okay. the level of of gentleman behavior in rugby. I think I okay. would like it if I embraced it. Adam should focus his energy on making the the meathead of the podcast between you and me, like I'm more likely 
to engage with rugby than you are, Chad. But it's 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 like cricket. It's it's <laughs> no. like a worse version of no. it's a worse version of baseball, no. right? Rugby is a worse version of the, no, it's the big dudes uh, of, crashing of into American each other. football. That's not cricket. <laughs> the fin- you like the finesse sports and the positions. No, no, no. My my point is they try to run parallels. Cricket, baseball, no parallels. Cricket sucks. Then, then rugby and American football to me again, it's it's a it's a taste, right? It's a, it's, it's something that I enjoy. My taste is American football. I just think rugby sucks. Leave and break the tie. Rugby or soccer or football? He doesn't care. I, I don't care. But actually, I think if I just hear it like this, rugby is for men, and American football is with a helmet on and don't you hurt me, and I'm with, with shoulder epaulets. We call it in French, like the Dude, shoulder I protection. Do, yeah, I do love the Europeans yeah. like sentiment that football players are weak, like scrawny dudes. I challenge any European to get hit by a 380 pound <laughs> lineman at full speed and tell me how it runs faster and, than yeah, and tell me how like you know how feminine the sport is. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and make this real easy for all Europeans if. If Europeans and rugby was so hard and their athletes were so damn good, they would get paid more by being in the uh, the NFL, number one. The only people we see in the NFL who have crossed over, and they make more money, by the way, are punters. That's true. Uh, what? Punters. Kickers, punters. yeah. The ones who stand and they kick the ball and they hardly ever get hit, right? Those are the Europeans and Australians who are so tough. You don't see running backs. You don't see offensive linemen. You don't see linebackers. You don't see any of them who would get more money. And if they were such great athletes, they would get more money in the NFL. But they're and not. by the way, the fact that not every Mister Universe or these these dudes who lift weights all day aren't playing football, <laughs> exactly. like throwing I don't, know, I don't know where that disconnect happens. <laughs> but why why football like scouts aren't going to Mister Universe competitions and strongman competitions and recruiting these guys to be on a line somewhere? Eh, I don't know. Dude, it, it, it's not easy. That's why. I know it's not easy, but you, these guys have a head start. <laughs> Holy shit, we're off. We're off. Uh, we're off on a tangent here. All right, so, my bad. So I'm gonna, my, it's Adam Gordon's yeah, it is bad. Adam Gordon. It's your fault, fucking Adam. Scots, man. I always fuck everything <laughs> up. Scottish. All right, I'm going to bring this back time. to a gay wedding. How about that? So my shout out. Uh-huh. Okay. My shout out goes to Molly and Martina. Molly is Molly is my niece. I know very well. It's my sister's sister's daughter. So Christmas is holidays. Like I've known her since birth. This isn't some distant, you know, cousin or niece somewhere in, a, in another state. <laughs> so Molly and Martina got married uh, this weekend. This is my first gay wedding uh, that I've ever been to. You know, we talk a lot on the show, Chad, about lack of progress. Nothing's changing. We're moving backwards, all of which are relevant based on whatever context we're throwing out there. But when you go to a gay wedding and you see two people who love each other, you see, you know, regardless of man, woman, whatever, like love is love. These people are happy. Uh, they have every chance as heterosexual people do to be as miserable in marriage as everyone else. Uh, shout out to, to Molly <laughs> and Martina. It, proof that there is some progress. There is some change in the world. However, Chad, something that will not change my ability to do dances that were popular back in the 80s. We're talking the rant Running Man. We're talking the Kid and Play. We're talking the Cabbage Patch. They were all they were all out on display for the young people at the wedding, and uh, and they were they were they were very impressed. Obviously, some of it may have gotten on camera. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you're connected to me on Facebook. Yeah. There may be some visual treats Ooh. coming soon. 
Save us, Levin. Save us. <laughs> save us with your with your shout out, please. I just wonder, were you the the drunk uncle, Joel? Oh my God! Okay, everybody, yes. everybody in Europe needs a drunk uncle. I was not, but I got to tell you about the guy who was. All right, so, <laughs> so a guy shows up with a mullet. That was the first key. It's first, like he's going to be the guy. Well, and this is in Indiana, yeah. right? Which means Louisville, Southern Indiana. Yes. By the way, right. a gay wedding in Indiana isn't like a gay wedding in Oregon. It's a little bit, a little bit more of a purple squirrel. But anyway, this my man showed up in like a royal blue shirt uh, with some green pants. He had the the like really blonde hair, Chad. You know the kind that like bleaches the shit with Clorox. Yeah, mullet. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this dude, this is the guy. This is the guy. So sure enough, a couple hours into the show, the shirt gets unbuttoned. Oh yeah, the shirt's unbuttoned, untucked. Okay. He's giving everybody a hug, giving high fives. You know, he's doing the whole that thing. And then towards the end of the night, a couple hours later, he's 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 showing around a, a an empty bottle of Maker's Mark. And I'm like, what what? Why? Well, he was bragging that he had consumed the entire bottle of Maker's Mark to everyone. And he was dancing with the Maker's Mark, shirt unbuttoned, mullet blowing in the wind that that was not me leaving i was classing it up but, with my with my running man to vanilla ice but this you guy just, you're just giving leaving more bumpkin uh <laughs> ammunition right now it could have been you full Joel. disclosure chad <laughs> it could have been you chad you it and i like you, you and i both and and who we marry to some degree are all backwoods like they're elements of that in all of our families so full disclosure oh, easily yes yeah. oh easily so we're okay. we are Americans leaving. We are not caste system, royalty, European. You know, like some of the people on I this podcast. We are the riffraff <laughs> and the bumpkins of the world. The riffraff. And this, oh, nice. this is what we're. This is what you get, man. <laughs> Joel, I promise, if you ever gay marry, I'll be there. Especially for you, I'll be coming to Indiana to join your gay wedding. I hope to God my wife isn't listening to this show because I'm going to have some explaining <laughs> to do uh, based on that comment, leaving. Thanks. She's Canadian. She she's she yeah, she's, she's very tolerant. She's open minded, of course. I mean, <laughs> she's tolerant <laughs> to a point. She may draw a line. Leaven, she may draw a line in that one. Save us, leaving. Save us. Okay, back to serious business. My shout out goes to Meta for launching a new AI chatbot. Actually, this week it was announced they're going to launch it this week. And they're focusing on young people using 27 different personas. So I read the article and I thought, okay, normally you go to Facebook to talk to your friends. But if you don't have any friends, Facebook is providing 27 different virtual friends, which is so sad. I mean, <laughs> why, why would someone young go to Facebook to talk to a virtual chatbot knowing it's a virtual chatbot? I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. So, I, Have you seen the movie Her? No, but it sounds like Joel's wedding. No. <laughs> Doesn't anyone notice Her. this? I feel like I'm taking <laughs> crazy pills. No. I'm sorry. I need to back this up. So we're shouting out the creation of 27 fake personas on Facebook being launched. Yeah, fake yeah, friends. And, and this is the company. This is a company that's doing this. Facebook is doing this. Yeah, they're launching a chatbot with 27 different personas. Okay. So if you want to talk to a surfer dudes, you can. So if you're really sad and, and, and feeling lonely, you can. And that's actually the whole idea. You can go to, to yeah. Facebook and talk to someone with a personality you want at that point. But I think it's utterly depressing if you read it. If this is the future, yes. I don't want to be part of it. 
Now, if if it was OnlyFans launching this, would you feel the same <laughs> that way? That would be all something right, totally right, different. Right. <laughs> of course, but it's not. It's Meta. Oh my Ooh, god! Maybe 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 Meta will be at uh, Unleash in Paris, and we can talk to them about this. I would I would really enjoy that. That's right, kids. We're going to be in Paris. Uh, in October, go to unleash.ai to see when that's actually happening. If you're in Europe, you should definitely be there. Stop by. Chad and Cheese are going to be somewhere, somewhere. More than likely, we're going to be at the Text Kernel booth, at least on day one. But we're going to be bopping around all over the place. And there are pl- plenty of bridges so under the bridge somewhere at day three. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the Seine. But it's Paris, and Paris is nice, even if you have to endure and HR Congress for it. It's nice. <laughs> oh my God. I'll save us this time. Topics finally. All right. Finally. Uber's top executive in Europe, Annabelle Diaz, has cautioned that the Brussels plan to classify gig workers as de facto employees could lead to the shutdown of Uber's services in hundreds of European cities and result in price increases of up to 40% a 50 to 70% reduction in work opportunities and longer waits for riders like Chad and Levin when they're in Europe. The proposed EU legislation aims to grant giggers the rights of full-time employees by default, potentially changing the current self-employed status of many platform workers currently in Europe. Despite industry concerns, EU officials argue that such rules aim to ensure fair treatment and protection for gig workers. Chad, what are your thoughts on the news out of Europe and Uber. So from the Financial Times, uh, Nicholas Schmidt, the EU Commissioner for Jobs and Social Rights said, quote, this is about establishing clear criteria and looking at the facts. If the platform is in fact an employer, then the people working for it are entitled to the same rights and protections as workers in the offline world, end quote. So if a company can't provide basic benefits while providing a living wage, it's it's not a company at all. If a government can't allow its citizens to choose between full-time employee work and side hustle status, well, then you're doing it wrong. I see the uh, the answer is in the middle here. It's more of like a, a gray area that they're, they're not having conversations around and allowing side hustlers who don't need additional benefits to select they are Ubering as a side hustle and those who are using it as an FTE, their only source of income or their main source of income, uh, there should be benefits that are attached to that. To me, it seems like we're having a black black or white discussion and there's nobody meeting in the middle for, uh, for, for, for this kind of option at least. That escalated quickly. So the one thing we have to compare it to here from the U.S. is there's a California law uh, a couple of years ago that started called Prop 22 um, that essentially resulted in, after an appeal, that uh, contract workers would continue to be uh, contract workers. They were not going to be full-time, full-time employees, uh, which was a win and still is a win for Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, and all the other uh, gig platforms. One of the big differences in, in America and Europe is healthcare, And one of the big arguments in terms of Americans being full-time employees is that there are usually benefits in terms of healthcare that come with that, uh, that contract workers do not get. If you're a contract worker, you're pretty much on your own in America. Europe is unique in that you get healthcare as a citizen. 
So even as a gigger or full-time employee, you get healthcare. And if that's the big sort of hurdle as to wh- whether somebody should be a full-time employee or not, if you take healthcare out of the equation, I agree with Chad that it, it becomes a gray area of like, well, does it really matter because we're taking care of people from a healthcare perspective? I assume retirement and all those things are also uh, on the table in Europe, whether you're a contract worker or you're a, you're a full-time employee. I think that labor unions um, have a major concern with the gig economy. I think the more contract workers there are, the less union members there are. And the less union members there are, the less member dues that come in, the less power that a that union has. And by and large, unions are more powerful in Europe than they are in America. And we're seeing that kind of play out with the with the auto workers union um, here in town. I think it's a little... It, it, it's equally unfair to say if you want to be a contractor, you want to work when you want to work, you want to live the life you want to live, you you can't do that. You have to be a full-time employee. I think that's almost as unfair as saying, you know, you can't be a full-time employee or you you can or can't. I tend to I tend to land on on the freedom of choice. If you're going to get healthcare anyway as a European citizen, I say it's even more so right for you as a worker to say, I want to be a contractor or I want to be a full-time employee. Um, I, I would like to see this fall on the side of the contract workers. I would like to see this fall on the side of Uber. And it's not about wait times. It's not about the number of, of cars that, that I can get in Manchester, you know, next time I come to town. I think a lot of people do want to work on their, their, uh, their, you know, their time clock when they do what days they want. They want to work as much or as little as, as they please. Um, I hope this goes contractor. We'll, we'll pay attention to it. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, I tend to lean on the side of freedom on this one. That's actually a very interesting point of view to, from a European standpoint, I mean. How so? We feel like if you're paying them like employees without giving them the benefits employees get, those people are getting screwed. But you are totally right. I mean, they get healthcare and if they choose to do a job like that, it should be their choice. Then again, problem is I feel most of the people who are doing this for a living don't have much choice. These are the only jobs they get. And then there is a problem. It's totally different if you are like an, a student and you're saying, I'm going to side hustle a bit to uh, get some extra money to go out. Then you have healthcare, you have insurance, you have um, probably a whole future ahead of you because you're a student. But if you are 40 years old and you um, have a migration background and you have to drive around with your bike, earning 10 euros an hour without getting any employee benefits, then you are totally screwed. So in Europe, this is... I don't think it's the same system like it's in the United States. And when I read the article, I thought basically the people from Uber say, if you are forced to treat our workers decently, we will have to close down shop. That's what they're, that they're saying. If, if, you, if, you make <laughs> us pay them, if you make us pay them decently, we'll have to close down. So I looked into it and I thought, but what if they're right? What if they actually have to close down because they don't make enough money out of it, then there is something fundamentally wrong with the whole delivery system. And then this is just a business which have to close down. If it's true what they are saying, then this is just not sustainable. Or you have some students working for you and that's okay. But you can't force full-time employees to work for something like this. Right. And then it's, it's a problem of the system. And then I totally agree that Europe should intervene. But I totally agree with Joel as well. And I, I I think this is something you can't just compare Europe with America with. It's totally different mindsets. No. 
It's well, interesting. I think it's, and again, I think it's in the gray area because you're 100% right. We're talking about, I don't care about flexibility. I'm talking about the amount of hours that you work, right? Are you a full-time employee? You can choose your own hours. That has nothing to do with it. Are you working 30 to 40 hours a week, right? The big question for me is, and I think you might be able to answer this much better than we can, Levin, is how taxes actually get paid into the system to ensure that you're supporting that healthcare infrastructure, right? Versus being a contractor or FTE. And I think that, and I could be wrong, but let me know, um, that most of these governments are saying that companies are getting away without having to pay into the system, to pay into the infrastructure uh, because of this. It's almost like a loophole, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and they want them to pay into the system because, again, you guys care about your entire citizenry, not just the ones who have jobs. No, true. And the problem is the whole contractor thing. I mean, I'm a contractor. The whole top management of most companies are people working as an entrepreneur, they call it, independently, mm -hmm. because they have some kind of, um, I'm not sure what the name is in English, and, and so their Contract. own company, and they, they just send bills to her. But those people make lots of money, and then they can they can get their own insurance, they can uh, have their own pension funds, they, they take care of themselves. And the only reason why they do it like this is because they don't have to pay that much taxes. They can optimize everything. This is why top management in Europe is having their own company just to optimize taxes. Let's be fair about this. Otherwise, mm. in Europe, you are being taxed to death. I mean, you have 55% taxes. It's just unfair. But okay. The problem is, if you don't get the money to pay your own insurance, and you don't get the money to pay your own car and your own whatever, then you have a problem with this kind of statutes. Yeah, the numbers don't align. Levin, how do you think it would... How how would it play out if you could choose? Let let a worker choose if they want to be full-time or contract. How would that work? To be honest, if you don't make 500 euros a day, you'll have to be employee. Um, or they should choose that. Then again, for me, for example, I like it having a client instead of a boss. I mean, if you're independent, you, you send a bill, you have a client. And if your client is unreasonable, that's something totally different than having a boss. Rika would yeah, never be unreasonable. You're not driving Ubers, though. Of course not. But <laughs> no, no, but indeed, it's, it's a different system. I was thinking yes. about in Belgium, and I don't think it's, um, it's the same in all European countries. In Belgium, we have something called flex jobs, meaning if you already have a job, like four out of five days working, you can take a flex job on the side, which will allow you not to pay any taxes or I really think it's not any taxes at all. And you can make some extra by working more because we need the workers. We have a lack of workers. And this is a very good way to work for Uber, for example. But then you have the benefits from your full-time job, from the other job, and you have your pension and you have everything being arranged for you and you make some more money, which is nice. But if you if you have to get a life out of the 10 euros an hour, sorry, no way. I did not know that upper management were contractors. Did you, Chad? Country to country. I think that yeah. differs from country to country. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, di I didn't know that about Belgium, no. Look at them mm -hmm. taking advantage of the loopholes. 60% of the time, it works every time. That's a fact. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll play Buy or Sell. All right, guys, who's up for a little buy or sell? You know how the game works. We mentioned four companies, usually three. We did four because we had an extra one. We read a summary and each of us will buy or sell each startup. Are you guys ready to play? Yep. Buy or sell. All right, number one, London-based Workfree 
has secured $400,000 in pre-seed funding. The platform aims to streamline freelance hiring by eliminating traditional high commissions for freelancers and relying on a community-vetted talent network to enhance trust and quality assurance. Freelancers, community advisors, and non-institutional investors collectively own 25% of the company, which says it will support over 10,000 freelancers and 100 paying clients by the end of 2024. Chad, are you a buy or sell on WorkFree? I mean, all of this sounds great. Uh, and, and since WorkFree is focusing on specific talent communities like digital agencies and tech companies, they might just have a chance because they're, they're really being incredibly focused. And then they can broaden that TAM later as they start to get traction. But I'm just not close enough to understand the market's appetite for another freelancing platform with only an estimated 7.2 million people in the UK who are identifying as gig, work- gig workers. And then when you are successful, Successful, where do you expand to? Uh, Europe, as we've learned through this podcast, is not easy to expand from country to country to country, right? There, there, are, there are huge uh, obstacles going from the UK into Europe. And I mean, the UK is not even a part of the EU right now. So for all of those reasons, unfortunately, it's a sell. For me. All right. I was totally confused by this whole 25% of the company owned by the freelancers, uh, the community advisors. Who the fuck are these people? Uh, the institutional, like this whole, this advisors. whole decentralized movement, this blockchain, nobody owns this <laughs> shit. Uh, crypto craziness that goes around. Like I'm going to lump these guys in that same, uh, just hallucination that, this company isn't owned by anybody. It's owned by the people that use it. Like, fuck, fuck off, man. Uh, look, <laughs> this this company is totally bosters. BS. Like Chad said, it's 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 a smokescreen to make you forget the fact that they're competing with these huge businesses that are that are established and profitable uh, with with these kinds of, of of workers. Freelancers have many places that they already know about. By telling them that, hey, you'll own part of this company, come over to us, use us. And then, you know, five years from now, when the company's out of business and your ownership of the company is worthless, then you'll be like, why the fuck did I get on this bus? So for me, like, uh, this is too much risk, uh, too much competition. Uh, This is an easy one for me. This is a sell. That's surprising. I think you Americans can't handle the whole idea of a, a community-driven company. I'm happy. <laughs> An open source, yes. In fact, there are many companies like that in Europe. In France, for example, you have the, um, those winemakers and they they have all their own vineyards, but they mm-hmm. uh, buy the, the machinery they need to produce their wine together. And uh, it's called, um, but uh, it actually works. And you have the same with uh, farmers who are in, Dairy, that's the name, dairy, yes, milk. Mm-hmm. Dairy, and then yep. they, mm-hmm. yeah, I think this is just very modern and you're, you're not ready for it. I would, <laughs> I would buy, I would buy, but I already have shares in Fiverr and they're not doing very well and I'm not going to, to do something like that again. So, no, no it's a sell, but I do like the idea and I think you Americans are not ready for it. No, God, please, no, no. <laughs> No, I love that we aren't open-minded enough. And he's mentioning like no. 
thousand year old businesses around wine and dairy. Like we're so not progressive. Let's let's get on the dairy the dairy trend, everybody. Yep. Oh, I want to get on the wine trend. I like that. Our second, our second <laughs> contender, Berlin-based HR tech startup Kenjo has raised 8.8 million euros in a Series A funding round to expand its HR and employee engagement software solutions targeting SMBs and Latin America expansion. The startup supports efforts around attendance, shift planning, and recruitment, among others, while remaining compliant, focused on businesses, industrial service, and commercial sectors. Chad, are you a buy or sell on Kinjo? If you're not Personio and you have hundreds of millions of dollars in funding and you're going after SMB market, uh, I think you have a little chance. Secondarily, if you are in Germany, France, and Benelux currently, and you were taking this money to expand into Latin America, Latin America, not the rest of Europe, but Latin America, Okay. If you want to move into Latin America, do it organically through your portfolio and wallet share growth, not new funding. This to me, I mean, there was nothing that I saw in this organ, this organization and their go to market that I would ever get behind. So easy enough. Sell, sell, fucking hey, sell. Hey, we're doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. All right. Unlike Chad, uh, I like pilot fish. I like surfers that are on really great waves uh, that may be mediocre surfers. Now, Personio is the apex predator, and we will talk about a few others in buy or sell, I believe, going forward. But look, I love Latin America. Money's moving out of China. Money's moving over into locations closer to the U.S. where shipping and, and things can be uh, shipped more easily and efficiently to America. I'm only mad that it's not American companies that are taking over South America. How on earth are we letting German companies come over and invest in South America? It should be us doing it. So I love emerging markets, Africa, uh, South Asia, and I also love these guys, which makes this one for me a buy. That's right. What do you know about the SMB market in Latam? Lat- Lat- <laughs> I once bought some Mexican candy in, in Cabo. Ah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay, carry on. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. The Brazilian market's blowing up, Chad. Come on. Everyone knows that. Because uh, they speak Portuguese. Carry on. Okay. Is it, is it me now? <laughs> All right. So yeah. basically to uh, to follow Chad's discourse, I don't know anything about South America, but I feel if... A company is investing 8.8 million in Kenjo. They must have done their due diligence much better than I have. And I trust them and I follow. If a serious company is investing 8.8 million of their own money, who am I to go against that? And I'll just try to walk behind them and get something out of it. For me, it's a buy just because I don't know anything about them. I'll follow (laughs) those who do. All right, all right. He's a follower, everybody. That's our leave-in. We love him. Mm-hmm. Netherlands-based. Sorry, let's let's get to our next startup. We got a little bit off track. All right, Nether, Netherlands-based Recrubo has secured six hundred thousand euros in a seed funding round. Recrubo promises to simplify job applications using WhatsApp and AI, streamlining the process for candidates and employers. The platform is already serving companies like Sedexo and aims to help five million career entrants over the next five years. Chad, are you a buy or sell? On Recrubo. Recrubo. 
Kruba, okay. Uh, so all of the conversational AI players that have been in the space for more than five minutes already integrate with WhatsApp. Uh, I think this is bad timing. Everybody's getting into the generative AI space and they want to try to find their niche. Uh, there's way too much noise and there are way too many veterans in this space who have survived. The ones who already got kicked out, Alio, the Mayas, those we were able to learn from them. So I think it's just bad timing for Recruitbo right now. It's a sell. All right, let's get back to my pilot fish, pilot fish commentary. <laughs> this too is a pilot fish. If Paradox is the great white shark ready to eat most of the market share, there's certainly going to be some left for the pilot fish out there that are serving up the uh, the crumbs from the uh, the predator that they are enjoying uh enjoying the ride so for me yes you had my and many others zor we haven't heard from in a while are they still around anyway i don't know maybe maybe these guys learned from the sins of the father uh they've done a lot cheaper certainly certainly the amount they've taken you know can you turn six hundred thousand into six million yes i think that you can and if that is your calculus for success then this too for me all right all right all is a buy. Jesus on a buying spree. Yeah. And I've been stuck in traffic and I'm a bit grumpy and I'm not in a buying. But anyways, <laughs> I don't know anything about South America, but I do know the Netherlands. And uh, I don't know Recrubo, which isn't a good thing. So if we didn't buy him, then we must have had a very good reason not to, because normally if it's good and it's in the Netherlands, we buy it. And with we, I, with we, I mean House of HR. So that isn't really speaking up for them. And I looked at their site and it says, Recruitable's AI recruitment solution ensures, ensures that your vacancies are always filled. This is bullshit. Yeah, indeed. So it's a sell. <coughs> bullshit. <laughs> I mean, even we can't ensure your vacancies are always filled. Almost always, of course. But not always. <laughs> so no, no recruitment for me. All right, I'm feeling really lonely on on this buy or sell episode. Let's see if we can all come into agreement on the next one. Another Netherlands-based recruitment platform, Heyu Works. Heyu Works. That's the name of the company. Has partnered with Auto Holding, receiving a significant yet unnamed amount investment to support growth. Hey, you works Ooh. matches professionals with companies based on personality and skills assessments. Over 4,500 professionals have joined with plans to double this year and potentially reach 35,000 by 2024. Chad, I dare you to get the Pink Floyd classic out of your head and buy or sell. <laughs> hey, you. Yes. Or, or hey, Jude. On. I'm a big fan of the funding because it's coming from auto. And since they could be a great option for portfolio penetration and then the prospect of acquisition, I like this a lot. Uh, hey, you says they would uh, or they want to use the uh, undisclosed amount of cash to take their current candidate user base from 4,500 to 9,000. That was pretty telling as a, as a closer partner with auto should explode their candidate and client base dramatically. So with those projections, it doesn't seem like auto will be giving anything more than just cash to burn. So for me, that again, it's a sell. If you're going to 
focus on driving numbers that matter, then yes. But these numbers just don't matter. All right. How do you say plum in Dutch is my question. Uh, (laughs) Don't you dare compare these guys to plum. Don't you dare. Let me keep going. All right. So the, the, the website says, hey, you helps you find out more about yourself and your career. Maybe this is some warm and fuzzy European shit. Uh, but I was confused by this because this isn't a business to business solution where you say, okay, take your candidates, give them an assessment, let them know how they did and put them in your database. This was more of this. To me, this is more of a LinkedIn job board style. Like, Hey, do your assessment. We'll tell you about yourself, where your strong parts are points are, where you're weak. And then do they transfer that data into job postings? It looks like they're trying to sell the data to companies that come in like as pre-assessed. So are they taking on LinkedIn? Are they becoming a job board? Like, is this the hook to get people to apply to jobs? I don't know. I was I was really, really confused. I think some of it is lost in translation. Look, unless this undisclosed amount of money was $100 million plus million, they're not going to be able to scale no. this to a ton of consumers no. to make it relevant. <laughs> so for me, like this was a pretty easy. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Pretty easy sell for me. Leaving? No, I agree. I like the idea of taking a test and having a different way of doing job matching just by saying what's interesting to me and uh, which kind of whatever you like. But there's there are just so many companies doing the same thing. We have... 40, no, 53 companies within the group. And I'm, I think at least 10 of them are doing something similar, but they all have different suppliers. So there's just too much competition on this market to become really big, I think. And now with AI, there soon will be a whole new kind of matching, I feel. And this will be outdated before it's making me money. So I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hey, you. Sorry. If we bought you recently, then I take my words back. That's that's three cells, <laughs> and I apologize, Plum. I I apologize just for that. I'm going to play the soundbite just for you. In the air right Ooh. now, I can I feel I the can. tension after that. Plum, it's, it's kind of a fruit, plum. right? Plum. Yes, yes. Ah, it's yeah. a plum in Dutch. Prum. Good to know. Prum. Good to Prum. know. It yes, can also be used as you know iconography around body parts i'll just leave it at that and that and is Dutch as well and Dutch as well but i wasn't going to say so but indeed yeah, it's an uh, allow the bumpkins to do it for you. i think the, the wedding you went to would be enthusiastic about it <laughs> that's yeah. right yeah. okay gang that is another round yes. of buy or sell quite a bit of disagreement this this time uh, but but it's always fun doing that all right let's get to our last news story munich-based personio is expanding its presence in the U.S. by opening an office in New York City. That's right. That's right. They plan to double the U.S. workforce by the end of 2023 by double. The company valued at $8.5 billion currently has 40 employees in the U.S. and intends to hire across various departments. Bodai Mukherjee, former engineering director at Google, has been hired as the vice president of engineering and will lead the New York office. While Personio aims to tap into the U.S. talent pool, the company says it remains committed to serving European SMEs and is considering an IPO, possibly 
in 2024. Founded in 2015, the company employs 1,903 people. Chad, your thoughts on Personio coming to America, and please pronounce Bodai's name if it's much better than how I would pronounce it. I, no, I, I don't want to because that's the funniest <laughs> shit. Mooker Joe. I love it. I love it. I, I would call him Mooker Joe from now on. Hi, Poppy. So, so earlier this year, Personio changed its legal form, uh, which allows companies to carry out business activities uh, more easily throughout the EU and member states, obviously also looking to target uh, target the U.S. I think this is this is incredibly telling and awesome. Last week uh, on, the, on the Friday show, we talked about hiring companies like uh, Salesforce and uh, Facebook and a lot of companies are actually trying to get some of that talent back that they laid off because they overhired and then they overlaid off and now they're trying to get the boomerangs back. This is where Personio goes in and says, fuck those guys. You come work for us, right? Tech layoffs, sales layoffs, customer service layoffs. These brands who will have a national footprint, uh, I think this is the perfect time, perfect time for Personio to come to the US because there's so much fucking amazing talent that just got chopped for no fucking reason. And guess what, kids? You're going to have a great... German company, I think this will be probably one of the best invasion stories we're going to see from Personio. All right, all right, all right. Look, I think we should pat ourselves on the back a little bit. We kind of called this Personio, High Bob, uh, job and talent growth, uh, coming to America, influence. Uh, I think we should pat ourselves on the back a little bit for calling that. Um, but look, while we talk about Oyster, on uh, the weekly podcast as well, Chad. Some of the bigger unicorns in the U.S. are, if not floundering, challenged, to say the least. So to see this story by Personio, to talk about Hi Bob on the weekly show, you know, some of these European you know, countries across the, across the pond are really crushing it, and uh, I think it's a ton of fun to look at. I know quite a few, and I think, Chad, you do as well, uh, people in, in the industry that are looking for new opportunities, either they're unhappy with the, what they're currently doing, or they've been laid off, or they're at threat of being laid off. Take a look at these companies. They're hiring, they're looking to grow, and they're clearly doing something right um, on many, many fronts. My question is, they're going to go IPO. Come on, man. One of you guys buy Monster or Career Builder. Just do it. Just one of you guys... What you you, you don't know, the Germans it. at Personio what? need to go down to Ronstadt. Don't do it. They need to write a check. Don't do it. And and get Monster because they're a sourcing tool. They could do sourcing Monster, the whole thing, do dude, it. and and go public with Monster in the portfolio. Come on, come on, do it. Give it to me, Personio. Don't give do it. it to me. Come on, don't come do on, it, please. <laughs> the only reason why I would not buy Personio is if they bought Monster. But uh, <laughs> come on, seriously. I'm with you. Who would be by far? Okay, I'm not supposed to be talking about Monster now. We're talking about Personia. But I think in this case, <laughs> the Germans Just the are right to take a shot at America. Someone has to tell you how it's supposed to be done. And I like that our websites, they offer 50%, how do you say it, a discount to nonprofit organizations. So that's so, some, uh, so, so nice of them. So it's a buy. <laughs> and also because they're going for an IPO, and I think that's where the big money is. So if you buy now, then we could make something more. So do you think in 2024, we're going to see some some successful IPOs in this space, in our space? Stepstone has been announcing their IPO in 2022. 
and they mm. still uh, I didn't hear anything about it anymore, but they were supposed to go IPO in 2023. I can imagine the market yeah. isn't exactly right now, but if the situation uh -huh. in Ukraine is uh, stabilizing, then uh, suddenly there will be lots of interest for IPOs, I'm sure. And the market is ready. There's so much money, but people are a bit, they have cold feet about investing it right now. So it's mm -hmm. just becoming more and more money and it needs to find a way. And IPO is a big idea, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I go for Personio. Well, the podcast where there are never cold feet, that is the Chad and Cheese podcast as Europe. That's another one in the can, boys. Fun as always. We out. We out. We out. I didn't get a call from one candy, not one. <laughs> no, no call from a candy? No candy, as a, no candy at all. No. <laughs> I mean, candy, candy, candy. I can't let you go. I mean, if I don't have a candy, I can't let her go. Oh, well. We out. We out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch Big Booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.